Welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki and I am so excited today to see my friend, Maravan de Merva, um, because we've talked to each other before, but we've never seen each other. So we're on Zoom and we actually see each other by face. And uh, so anyway, uh, Meryl is our good friend through the podcast world because she's one of our, our fellow podcasters at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, used to be the radio network. And so it's Homeschooling with Technology. And if you have not listened to Homeschooling with Technology, you're missing a lot of good stuff. So check it out. It is a world of resources and just so many encouraging and helpful ideas. So we've got a lot to talk about today because we're going to talk about helping teens own their education. But I want to start out with Meryl. Say hi to everybody and tell us a little bit about your homeschooling story. Well, thank you, Vicki, for having me yet again on the podcast. Always enjoy being your guest. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can hear from my accent, I am not an American. Um, well, I am an American now, but I, <laughs> I have, we do have our citizenship. But uh, I grew up in South Africa, and that's where we had all our four children, and they were all going to regular schools when we moved to the U.S. And we realized when we moved that our children's education was a lot more advanced than the schools in our area. Mm. And I started looking into the concept of homeschooling, which had not really been on my horizon, but we, we came in the middle of a school year. So it made it a little easier for us to just try mm. things out because mm -hmm. my kids had already finished the year that they'd be going into. Uh -huh. So we thought we'd just play around with it for a few months. And I, we weren't seriously considering staying, but the kids actually discovered they really liked the fact that they would go a whole lot faster through the uh -huh. work, that they could do um, it in a far more challenging way. And they love the flexibility of us being able to travel, etc. Mm. And so we stayed homeschooling. So that was the way we got to be homeschooling. And my, I have four children and the three older ones went all the way through, um, through high school. My younger one was only three when we moved. So she actually homeschooled all the way through eighth grade. And then she was the one who never had the school experience and oh. she was all alone at home. And despite, I mean, we weren't just kind of sitting all alone at home. I mean, yeah. homeschoolers, no, you don't do that. But yeah. she's still, she's one of those that actually does a little better when she's in a classroom situation and mm -hmm. has a little bit of peer pressure, et cetera. So she asked to go to public school. And we had an um, a, one of the local schools that actually become an IB school. And so the, I knew that the educational opportunities would be a little um, better there than they had been with my mm -hmm. older ones. And so she went off there. And it was the right move for her, mm -hmm. but I have loved the homeschooling world. And so I never moved out of it and have stayed connected because I teach online, as Vicky said, at, um, I teach at Funder Funder Academy and I teach at a local co-op. And then I coach a, a homeschool science Olympia team and a homeschool quiz ball team. So I am surrounded by homeschoolers all the time. And so I still consider homeschooling my world. And uh, my youngest now graduated. But even when she was at school, I, I did go to all her things. But I never have stopped feeling like I'm a homeschool mom. Yeah. Yeah. I think for those of us who homeschooled our kids for a while, we just don't graduate. We, we stay around very often to help the other generations coming along. But, you know, your youngest points out that, there's not one right way to have an education. Right. And that what you did is you helped her to own her education. Exactly. What a great segue. So let's, <laughs> let's, 
let's talk about how to help teens own their education. Because like you said, you, you got your kids, your oldest three, all the way through high school, right? Right. Yes. And, uh, and I, we've interviewed your daughter, Rachel, who is a professor in the <laughs> Netherlands, for goodness sake. And so, you know, she, she owned it all the way into staying in education. So. <laughs> so tell us, tell us how you did it and what suggestions you would have for other families to help their teens. Cause sometimes teens are just like, what? And so what, how do you, how do you get kids involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, my my children were all pretty different, as I think most people who've been having this discussion in my Facebook group with some of the other veteran moms who've been talking about the fact that kids are different. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, I think, is to recognize your kids are different. And um, Rachel, my oldest, was always very driven and focused, so it didn't take too much to point you in the right direction where my boys were a little harder. So my my three that had all the way through high school was girl, boy, boy. So the first thing is that that I did was I let them choose which courses they were going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids did not take exactly the same courses because they were different. Their interests were different. And I could see they were going to go in different directions once mm-hmm. they left school. Mm-hmm. So I would firmly suggest is that you have discussions with your kids. Don't just decide for them what they want and start to think through, you know, I know there's a certain um, core requirements that different states have and these things that most colleges have. And you've got to work within that framework. And that's where you as a mom, you actually, a homeschool mom, you need to actually go and figure those things out. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. kind of get to the point where your kids are applying for college and they say, oh, mom, I, I don't have enough English credits. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's on you then, not on them. <laughs> yeah. So this is always going to be, I'm going to give you various ideas and you need to create the framework within which your children get the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still in charge. <laughs> and so that's the first thing is that we sat down and particularly this works with uh, say the sciences for instance mm-hmm. now most places you're going to have to do biology and um, either chemistry or physics mm-hmm. and then there's choice after that and you know you can choose they're going to do three years of sciences or, or four depending on what they're going to do and their interests and then what you know are they going to do a second year of chemistry a second year of physics if they really struggle with math then, you know, you do the research and come back and say, well, here are some other ideas. What about earth science, ecology, you know, things that are mm-hmm. aren't so mathy, but they still count and they can still do them with labs. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of different curriculum out there that will do, you know, give you options. The other ones is, of course, electives. Electives are a great way for your kid to explore their own passions, maybe delve into something that they might be considering doing for college. And um, mo- I think 100% of the electives that my kids did were selected by them mm-hmm. like for instance Rachel um she loves history so she did history of art history of music as her uh-huh. two fine arts electives <laughs> whereas my boys um they did they both liked history but that would not have been their, their jam so mm. my one did photography the other mm. one did graphic art and he was in building websites mm-hmm. so as a parent you may need to go and look into what sorts of ideas if your kids just don't have a clue and they look at you like deer in the headlights and you say what electives start to narrow it down and there are many lists that you can find online if you google that will just give you lots of different ideas and you can sort of say to them okay here's a page Mm -hmm. go through and rate these as number one I love number two eh, and number three I I don't want it at all or just like that all the ones (laughs) or to circle everything that sounds vaguely appealing Mm -hmm. you know it's I think often with teens is don't don't just say to them what do you want to do but Mm -hmm. rather say here are choices Mm -hmm. um 
which of these sound the best to you? And then if I look at the list and go, um, actually, because even that might prompt it, I would really like to. And if they come up with an elective that you think, what? Just just go with it. Um, yeah. There's, again, plenty of advice online. And I know both Vicky and I have Facebook groups where you mm-hmm. could come in and ask us advice on how yeah. to do it. Yeah. I remember my, my, my oldest son did economics. He was using ThinkWell and um, he got to the end and he said, well, next year for an elective, I'd really like to do game theory. I'm like, game theory? And he's like, this has nothing to do with creating games because you could see the like Mm -hmm. during the headlights look from mom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. It's like, I don't even know what this topic is. Now, how am I meant to create an elective for him? But of course, Google is your friend. And so I think he patiently explained what game theory was. Mm -hmm. And then I looked and I found great courses had. And Mm -hmm. I found, I actually reached out to the lecturer from great courses and said, help. This is what my son wants. And he came back and told me what books to buy. And then Yale had like, um, it was one of the um, um, MOOCs at that point, or or Mm. actually wasn't really a proper MOOC, which is massive open online course. Mm. Um, But it was, they had like a free little online course that was also about game. And so together I kind of looked and thought, okay, we've got to get about 65 hours out of this for Mm -hmm. a half credit. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of pulled bits and pieces together, still not knowing anything about game theory. Now I know a lot more. And just got him to do a final project of his choice to write me a paper about what he, you know, anything that, occurred to mm-hmm. him and you can do things like that you don't yep. have to actually know and you can put yep. it together and so if they look at your list and come up with something which to me was a little bizarre when they asked me for it that was fine and they really enjoyed it and because my next son down said yes I'll do that too when it got to, to his turn so that's the first thing is, is look at the actual courses mm-hmm. and let them pick then within that you you can help them to narrow it down to which curriculum, because there are so many different styles and these fit our kids' personalities and their learning styles. So to say, like, you know, we use sunlight for my mm-hmm. kids and my kids all do really like reading, what is the older three. If my younger one had stayed, I'd had to have switched, I think, because uh-huh. mm-hmm. he wasn't quite so into it. So they loved that, which is also very similar to Seven Sisters, where yeah. you it's have- based on real books. Right, yeah. it's based on real books, you're reading stuff, and then there's like study guides that you're discussing and writing mm-hmm. a paper or things like that. So mm-hmm. that style did work for my kids. I know it doesn't work for everyone. In fact, the classes I teach are based on a completely different type of person, yeah. the ones that um, actually love tech and want to be interactive. And so mine are like, watch some videos, mm-hmm. you know, um, now play this game, now go do research and you know, create a poster. And Mm -hmm. so it's different. Mm -hmm. Now the kids really need the life situation, which mine weren't, mine did go to co-op because they liked, they did like some live interaction, but one Mm -hmm. day of co-op a week was just fine. And then we Mm -hmm. did other things the rest of the time. But for some kids, they'll need that, which is kind of my youngest was Mm -hmm. in a classroom situation. So whether that's at your co-op, a dual enrollment class, or an online live class, because for them, they need an actual live thing to keep them focused. Mm -hmm. Mine want to rather go faster and, you know, would rather be able to speed up a video (laughs) or skip the instructions because they already know how and just go Mm -hmm. straight into it. And they don't want to be waiting for the rest of the classmates. Mm -hmm. And again, if you have a kid who's very slow, they may also, a live thing might also not be a good fit mm-hmm. because they might struggle to keep up with the class. Yeah. And so they're doing something by themselves at home or class like mine, where you can like stop, rewatch the video, check it out or break it up, do 15 minutes work and walk away and come back, you know, because you don't have a long concentration span. That's all. So look at that and decide 
do they want a mixture of those? Do they mm-hmm. want a specific style? And you know, they can you let them change from year to year. Every year, mm-hmm. sit down at the end and have a chat. What yeah. worked, what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then you find them within what the general idea, what they want, you find them options. Again, you can't tell your kid to go out and decide what they want to do for math this year. Right. You, you've got I mean, to give them some kind of framework. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is your job as a homeschool parent. You do have a job here. But what I would do, I mean, and math was one that I literally did this with. I went and I found classes that I thought were rigorous enough for what my, because I knew that my boys were going to be doing something, you know, more than math related at college. Mm-hmm. And I found classes that were rigorous mm-hmm. and um, there were a mixture of different, different types. And I said, look, I think all of these three are going to be good. Which one you pick is up to you. Mm-hmm. And then they picked. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this is if they pick and they don't like it, they picked. Yes. <laughs> they cannot blame you. <laughs> and one of the, the big things, that, one of the things that I think is hardest for a mom of teens that you're homeschooling is preserving your relationship mm-hmm. because you are both mom and you are teacher and yeah. principal and everything else. Yep. And so to remove as many points of friction in your relationship as possible, I think is important. Mm-hmm. And so if your choice out of those three was one and they pick a different one, don't try to argue them into yours. Mm-hmm. They also need to learn to make choices. And as you know, if you've narrowed it down to three that you do think are all fine, yeah. let them own their own choice because they need to make mistakes. They need to yes. realize that one looked like this, but I yeah. it wasn't. And I didn't didn't take time enough. Or I didn't, you know, especially because I would find the ones that had little online samples. Yeah. Now, if they took 30 seconds to look at the sample and said, Yeah, I'll have that one because they were too lazy. Mm-hmm. They need to live with that for a year. Yeah. And well, step- and yeah, it teaches them the power of making a mistake and learning from it. Right. And so sometimes as moms, we're we're terrified of our kids making a mistake, but really it's part of building resilience. Right. So giving them that opportunity to choose. And, and, you really know, as idea. they're growing older, you've got to start to pull back. You know, I I I remember hearing just recently about a parent who was picking all their kids' college classes. <laughs> and it was just like a huge face palm. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, the, the kid had not been homeschooled. <laughs> I was like, why? I mean, my kids picked their classes and then told me, now, sometimes your kid might, you know, call you and say to you, okay, these are three, you know, do you, mm-hmm. and if you have a good relationship, they may well kind of ask your opinion mm-hmm. on something, you know, saying, which one do you think is better for my major? Or, you know, what do you think they may have? And that's great, but yeah. that's not the same as them literally saying, um, or you assuming that you yeah. should be picking their classes for them. Yeah. Because no, you know, they need to be doing that and starting to take ownership, not you. So, so, as I said, give them the choices, let them own it um, and do it. Then another area they should start owning is their schedule. Mm-hmm. Different kids, again, are going to operate well at different times of the day. They need to start to understand that they're really awake at 6.30 in the morning. That's, again, my oldest daughter. Or they're really not awake at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> they need to know if they can work really well at, at midnight or not. I did not specify when my kids had to get their work done. I did tell them what needed to be done in a week and then they need to fix it. If, if, if they were not capable of sorting out their schedule, then obviously I would start to get more involved, but I would let my boys get up a lot later than I let my, my daughter get up because they, they would they have been different if I'd got yeah. them up at 6.30. Yeah. But they had the same amount of work to do. So they mm-hmm. just need to figure out how they were going to fit it in. She wanted just to be all done by early afternoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whereas they were happy to come back from the afternoon and evening activities and then keep working for two hours. Well, okay, mm -hmm. if they were fine with that, that's so don't also impose your version as to what you would like to do mm -hmm. on them. And again, they need to now, there needs to be, I mean, mine did have consequences if they didn't get all the work done. So if they said, you know, if they figure out the schedule and it's a complete failure, I mean, my one ended up not going on quiet tour in the summer because he was still doing school. Uh, and uh -huh. it was on him. I mean, yeah. he had messed around and hadn't got done. And I was super annoyed because mm -hmm. I still had to be grading his work in the summer. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. because we did do more sort of self-paced things, mm -hmm. which weren't really self-paced because he knew the pace. Yes. <laughs> we had worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. I just said, here's a book, figure out how long it's going to take, yeah. you know. I mean, and he had just blown the schedules. And after that, none of my kids did that. We were all yeah. always finished by summer after he. That's and, and, you know, learning from a mistake. That right. is part of life. Yes. Right. But do let them, you know, if 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 there's like a um, an ice skating class that they really want to go to, that's mm -hmm. at two in the afternoon because their friends are going to it and you're still mm -hmm. normally doing school at two. Well, you know, let them just come back and do the final hour of school when they come back, you know, mm -hmm. as long as they're doing it. I mean, obviously, you do have the point that you, you know, most of us have more than one kid in the family. So there's also some kind of point like this is lunchtime. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to, you need to be there then because yeah. that's when the food's happening. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not just saying that your kid do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. um, our house was not like that, but within, as I said, within a framework, let them have that flexibility and um, mm -hmm. choice. Generally with high schoolers, I found that I tried to say yes as much to my kids and give mm -hmm. them as much choice as they could because mm -hmm. there are always those non-negotiables in your house, whatever they are for you. And so the times when we, my husband and I said no, we had a lot less pushback because there were very few no's. Absolutely. Were... That's the best piece of wisdom you could get is yes, as much yes as possible. And then the no's mean something. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's like, you know, as I said, things like electives, you know, if you think that marketing sounds like an absolutely fantastic elective and you cannot understand why your team doesn't want it, just just go with what it doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. <laughs> let them let them do what they want so much of what we feel like is so important. And again, mm -hmm. um, the other thing is kind of the rigor of the classes. Now, here's where as a parent, you may have to you know, tell your kid they're going to have to compromise with you because if you know that you have um, a kid that's going to probably wake up when he gets to college and realize that they wish they had done more rigorous math or something, you may have to sort of, you know, say, look, I'll let you have a less rigorous English class because I can see that's not your forte, but I really think you need to do AP calculus, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or a, a dual enrollment class or something, because mm -hmm. I think you will regret it. Because we, we have to bear in mind that our kids are going to make some mistakes. And mm -hmm. most of them you can still fix because they just have to maybe take an extra, you know, class at college mm -hmm. or whatever else. But there might be the odd time where you have to sort of step in because you realize they might be messing up college in a big way. Yeah, I, I remember you were telling me the story of your one of your sons in ninth grade, you had him go look at some college websites <laughs> and look at the costs and the GPA for the freshman entrance. And, uh, and that helped him calibrate. So you helped him own it did. some and high that's, school choices. There's again, yes, because I would say my oldest was just, she's 
you know, she has a PhD now and mm -hmm. she just, she got in the zone straight up when we homeschooled and that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. um, I just sort of tried to keep up with her and hoped like crazy um, that she'd, you know, I wasn't messing her up because of my first time and I was first time in America <laughs> and homeschooling and had this crazy <laughs> ambitious child. So, but it all worked out. So there's another thing for you. You can actually have no idea and just, you know, do your research, keep going, mm -hmm. ask a lot of questions of other homeschool moms and you get there. But with my next one, I now had a clue because I'd been through it, but he didn't have a clue. Yeah. And he was a boy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he didn't want to focus and he didn't want to like put his effort into anything. And, you know, he'd much rather be doing everything else. And so eventually I said to him, okay, I want you just to sit down for 15 minutes and pick, just think of a college you might like to go to and go look at that website, look at the GPAs, look at, um, what the ACT and SAT scores are. Mm -hmm. Have a look at the cost. Um, and there's also like um, FAFSA calculators and things like mm -hmm. that. And by the way, if all of this is so new to you and you've got, you maybe sort of coming into this age, every summer, um, Vicky's one of my sponsors, um, Funder Funder runs a, a high school challenge and we actually take the kids through a lot of this, but it's a very low key fashion it's not really hard i mean like this year it's, it's almost has, like a game like they're it is. they're, they're I mean, earning like this year, I, and gift cards and stuff it's fun. right and like yeah vicky has actually created one of the um the uh yes and there's a lot of prizes because i know kids like prizes one where they actually look at career exploration mm -hmm. because um, that's actually something Vicky has a lot of on, on her website mm -hmm. and they've got a lot of resources on Seven Sisters. And so I've got her to come and actually make one that helps the kids start to narrow that down. But so it's, I really took my own experiences and put it into this little challenge for homeschool kids so that they can start to sit and have a look and say, well, this is where I'm aiming at. Mm -hmm. And they might now, the reality is most ninth graders aren't going to actually do what they think they're going to do when they no, get to right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But they need to sort of start to be aiming at something mm -hmm. because they can change direction as they go. But if they mm -hmm. have no direction, that's right. the issue. Yes. And yes. so he suddenly realized, I need to take this more seriously. The GPA is important. I, I need to start paying attention and trying at ACT and seeing where I need to improve. I need to be thinking about what I'm doing so I can actually win some scholarships because my parents do not have enough money and do not want me to get lots of loans. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, so all of these things, they, they sort of, and so that made a difference. Now, I didn't mean that everything came perfectly correct. In fact, I think it was after that, that he was the one that didn't get to go to quiet tour, but it improved <laughs> dramatically. Yes. And then I felt like we were on the same page as opposed to, you know, on a different page, whatsoever. The next thing you've got to look at also just is the extracurricular. Oh, yes. Again, go with your kids. What sport? You know, I, I do understand. I had four kids. So, you know, they couldn't like literally always do all their own thing. Mm -hmm. But if you have, you know, a couple of them want to do 4-H and some that don't. Well, you know, if you can leave the other two at home, just let them be and let them do something else. Mine had to do something, but they had a, cho they had a choice. They had a choice for, they had to all do some kind of physical activity. Um, but I mean, some of them, it was, you know, ice skating and some of them, it was baseball, you yep. know, it was, yep. it, it was very different what mm -hmm. they picked. Um, and then they all had to do sort of some kind of community service mm -hmm. and be involved in some kind of clubs, but there's so many choices. And as mm -hmm. long as it could fit in with the schedule, um, 
I let them do that. You know, in your house, you might want them to play a musical instrument. I mean, mine, some of them did choir, some didn't. Some played musical instruments and some didn't, you know. So it's it's just up to you as to what you feel is most important. Mm-hmm. But give them choice within that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and again, they, mine who want to play a musical instrument, they, they weren't allowed to, if they chose an instrument, they had to stick with that for a year. Yes, yeah. You know, I see yeah. parents who buy the kid a violin and then three weeks later, they're buying them a trombone. And I'm mm. like, what are you doing? <laughs> so again, make them own their choices. Same goes with jobs. Um, we gave our kids an allowance and they could have as much. They they had enough money to sort of barely live. And we told them, you know, they had to buy their own clothing, et cetera. We bought all this school stuff and all this sports yeah. gear. But everything else was in that. And there was not enough. So they could choose a job figure out how to make money on their own. So mine all pretty much went that route where they all mm-hmm. figured out services they could offer and different ways to make some money. Um, and same with the vacations, you know, we would kind of decide what we were doing as a family. And then around that, mine like never went to governor school because there was always too many other things they wanted to do. Whereas <laughs> for other kids, they would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So again, I gave them the choice um, as to whether they were going to get a job none of mine chose that either but they all did things that made them money or Mm -hmm. something but you need you need to make make your high schoolers aware that you have to have a plan for summer Mm -hmm. um because many colleges actually ask what did you do last summer or what did you do every summer (laughs) and if it's like beach and mall and hanging out with friends that's not a good answer Mm -hmm. so which doesn't mean that they need to be doing you know three extra classes at college and and have a job and be learning a new skill um you know they obviously they should be teens and they should be enjoying their time too but you can make they can find things that they enjoy yeah well yeah colleges will often ask things for their entrance essay where kids need to talk about things that are meaningful that they've been involved in they want to know that young people are involved in their communities and can make the world a better place and will make the college atmosphere a good atmosphere. So, yeah. Yeah. But again, it's got to be what, you know, they're not going to be able to write a good essay and what's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. If it was meaningful to you and you forced them to do it. Like, you know, (laughs) my one son, um, he loved strategy board games. Mm. So I suggested that maybe he started strategy board games club, which he did. Neat. And so he did that with a friend and every week they alternated between my house and the friend's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that gave them leadership because that's all I did. Mm-hmm. They then promoted it and everything yep. else. Mm-hmm. And then I, again, again, he, this is the role as the parent. I then also suggested, I said, well, maybe you could do something like have some kind of a tournament or something and uh-huh. charge a little bit and donate the money to charity because then you've used oh, your neat. passion to community yeah. service. Uh-huh. And so they did. So we were involved in an inner city um, after school program. So they had this little tournament. And of course, you know, you're not going to raise tons of money, yeah. you know, but they raised, I don't know, 60 or 70 dollars they mm-hmm. went off to target and bought various strategy games mm-hmm. and you know i snapped a picture of them handing it over at um, the place and we sent it mm-hmm. into the newspaper which means you have a newspaper clipping you know yes. to show for it if you need to <laughs> as a parent you sort of put it together and you can give mm-hmm. them ideas mm-hmm. but i didn't i didn't organize the club i didn't organize the tournament mm-hmm. i didn't pick the games that they bought you know, I, I did as little as I possibly could, but I helped them use their interests and focus yeah. them in a way that helped them, you know, win lots of scholarships. And it, it sounds like what you did is you listened to their interests 
Right. And you helped empower them, but you didn't make things happen. You taught your teens to, to like invest in, be intentional about their interests. And then that gave them energy to create other good things. And that's so such good life skills for life. And, and yeah. I mean, for every, every 10 suggestions I gave, they maybe took one, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's not like I would suggest lots of things and I would just go in and out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I let that be as well. You know, sure. I didn't keep nagging and saying, you really should be starting that threat. You know, mm-hmm. that, that idea gelled. And so he actually did it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe there were a hundred other ideas that kind of thrown out mm-hmm. over lunch or whatever that had not gone anywhere. You know, he had a, yeah. he had to pick one that he owned. So, you know, yeah. as you're talking about, they need to own it because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to then, you know, I mean, then it would be completely stupid if I started like telling all my friends, do your kids want to come? You know, yes. <laughs> I, I told him I would post it like, you know, on our local Facebook groups and things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he had to write the blurb, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, so I, I was yeah. prepared to do stuff. Yeah. But he had to do it, give it to me, um, yeah. you know, and for the rest yeah. of it, you know, he just kind of told around his friends and yeah, it. and it, so it ended up being leadership opportunity. It was mm-hmm. community service opportunity. And it was really not a lot of effort because he's also very lazy. Um, but mm-hmm. it also just was exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to be yeah. playing board games anyway. So it, it, it made the most of where he was at. And that's, well, you know what, our, our teens are supposed to all be different from each yes. other. Like God has different plans for all teens and uh, good for good for you and good for all of us for noticing who they are and helping them to become more of who they are. Yeah, because that's the thing. Colleges are actually looking for kids, especially the very competitive ones. They're looking for kids who have owned their Mm -hmm their Mm -hmm. high school years, whether they're at a public school, private school or homeschooled, Mm -hmm. they want to see that they've made choices outside. So that's why if they go to a public school, that really doesn't give them much choices. Mm -hmm. The the colleges understand that. Then they look for what have they done outside. Yeah. And obviously, you know, as homeschoolers, our kids just have so much more opportunity to own it and do it. And that's what they want. They don't want, they want to see that the kids, it's been their passions. And, you know, that's always the thing they're looking for is, and so it doesn't matter what your kid's passion is. You know, you might think it's really dumb, but if they take that passion and whatever it is, Mm-hmm. and really dig deep into it and find ways to be involved. And my, my younger one who actually I said was at school, but her passion became theater. Mm-hmm. And so she was actually, um, she did do it at school, but she also found places outside. And then she found a place where she actually got a little job. So she got a job working props. Oh. She, she volunteered to help. She ended up one of the local schools needed some help because mm-hmm. they didn't have anyone who knew how to do the backstage. She did all backstage stuff. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, she wasn't, she, though she did acting once. She went and volunteered and helped there. But then over the summer, our church um, was doing refu- um, camps for refugees that had just arrived in the country. Mm-hmm. They're teaching them English language skills. And she would go at the end of a module and just do fun games. So she wasn't there like all the time. She just kind of went occasionally and she would do the wrap up at the end of a module. And she did it all with really theater games. Uh So it would be like charades and, you know, things like that Mm -hmm. where she'd tell the kids, here's your word. They had acted out and the other kids had to do it. So she still, so when she wrote a college essay, it was all one big story about her theater passions. That's adorable. Oh my goodness. That's marvelous. Okay. All right. So we need to tell folks about Funda Funda Academy and Homeschooling with Technology podcast. So how has how has Funda Funda like 
helped homeschool families with their teens' education? Well, I hope that we we do it in a couple of ways. First of all, um, Funder Funder actually is Zulu for study, study, but of course it has the sound of fun. So our basic idea is that education should be fun and that kids learn best when they're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And so um, we want kids in our classes who our classes are a good fit for. And if they're not, find what is, because Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing, what I've been trying to say. So Mm -hmm. ours, our classes are um, tech driven. They're all, they're delivered online and they're asynchronous. So they fit into the lifestyle of somebody who doesn't want to always have to know that at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be in my English class. This way they can work at their own speed, um, but there are deadlines. So mm-hmm. again, kids need a framework. So mm-hmm. kids know they have the whole week to finish all the assignments. Mm-hmm. They have to be in and obviously the different teachers it's different days. But I think for a lot of us, it's like Friday night. It has to be done. And if they're late, they're, they, they get penalties. But within that week, they have their assignments and they can do the whole lot on a Monday or spread them out. And again, they, they learn um, how to do things. The actual assignments, we try and make them relevant. Um, that's one of the things with my teachers. I don't get any teachers to join us who believe in busy work. Yes. Everything needs to mean something. Yes. We yes. try and make it very relevant. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us use like current events, I know, and mm-hmm. um the biology teacher does that where they actually have to go and find a piece of sort of current research and, and talk about it. I'd use that in my history and geography classes. So it's, we always, but whatever we're doing, we're looking at the relevance. Is this mm-hmm. going to be relevant to their lives? What's mm-hmm. the point in the kid learning something just for the sake of learning it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they take a health class, yes, health ha- is, is something that you have to do, but it's got to be useful. So, you know, yeah. we talk about, health with technology we talk about Mm -hmm. sleep habits you know Mm -hmm. we talk about things like that and um not just you know sort of you know up in the air type of concepts but things Mm -hmm. that are really relevant in their lives and Mm -hmm. you know the same with personal finance we have a whole simulation that they actually play where they have to adult (laughs) and things so Mm -hmm. so that's the thing it's relevant um and then but we're also rigorous Mm -hmm. because we we particularly are aiming at kids who want to go to college um and so they need to be able to learn how to handle a workload. They need to be able to think critically. Mm-hmm. So just because it's online and they might be watching videos and playing some games, um, it's not lightweight. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. so they, they have to be able to form their own opinions, to think through things, to be able Marvelous. to give mm-hmm. answers. So it's it's a combo of techie, but a little bit, you know, they're not all more advanced. I mean, we, and it's quite clear in the, in the things what there is. And then on the side of that is my podcast, Homeschooling with Technology. And that's, because I realized that I was more techie than most homeschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to use technology, though I don't use it exclusively. And I don't think you should just do online classes. I think a good mixture. Um, mm-hmm. I, said, I actually, my own kids, which was much more the style of seven sisters than it is of the ones I'm mm-hmm. teaching nowadays. There also weren't that many options in my time. Yeah. Um, but to know how to use technology well. And so on um, homeschooling with technology, we do everything like, we, we explain to you, you know, new um, technologies as they're coming out, things you can use in your homeschool. We also just talk about things like how do you know if a game is safe. Um, I had some fantastic uh, guests recently. Media bias um, was another topic mm-hmm. we covered, which mm-hmm. uh, I learned so much from my guest on that show. And yes. so it's there's just anything that sort of relates to taking the homeschool mom, even how homeschool mm-hmm. moms can make money um, online. 
So there's yeah. a vast, broad range, and you can go and check yeah. it out and dive back into some of the past episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, every episode has been very worthwhile and meaty for good information. So, yeah. So thank you, Meryl, for joining us. It's like such a wealth of wisdom that you have to share. And you've had lots of practice with your kids, but also investing in the young people through Funda Funda Academy. So, I and your um, science Olympiad team, which makes it yeah. to nationals all the time. We and, yeah, we, we, we show that homeschoolers can do it. And my yeah. quiz bowl team has twice won our locals, a little televised one of mm-hmm. all local schools and things. And we're the only homeschoolers. So I Great. do enjoy being involved, showing that um, what homeschoolers can achieve and teaching them our local co-op, which gets me to try out. My classes yeah. are always first done live and but they're, they're all blended so you know but yeah. I get the feedback because they'll come and complain if I, they don't like some of oh my yeah that's the wonderful thing about homeschoolers is they let you know yes. and uh, <laughs> like a, with their seven sisters curriculum we've always vetted it in our local homeschool co-op because I yes. tell you what those kids will let you know Yes. And that's that's, that's right. Good. Mine is also so now when the kids kind of complain about something now, I, I don't worry too much. I'm like, oh no, I've had so many of you know the kids <laughs> who are not scared to tell me. So you know, yeah. you probably need to learn better work habits. It's not really yeah. too much work because I do yeah. have those, you know, coming yeah. back. But I now know that yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Well, I'll put links in the show notes to the podcast and Funda Funda and all the wonderful things you are doing. So thank you so much. And Thanks for being our buddy in homeschooling. I, I love my digital friends and someday we'll all meet in real life. So that would oh, be yeah. nice. Someday. Be. Yeah. All right. So this has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We will see you next week.